if you sing the uh, Christmas carol, God rest ye merry gentlemen, of course you recall that the refrain goes on on and on, O oh, tidings of comfort and joy, which of course was the, the piece of music that the uh, uh, celebration choir, the Christmas choir, put together this morning for us to hear. When that topic and those uh, words arose in earlier planning conversations about our Advent season and uh, leading up to Christmas, I wanted to do a little bit more scratching around in the Bible because there's such widely used themes and topics in this time of year to discover a little bit more about where the carol writers and the folks who do Christmas cards and those who do these promotions would have derived those particular phrases and it was really quite remarkable. I call your attention to that first passage from the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. And just as a, uh, an idea for you to spend in Bible reading in the course of this Advent season, chapters 40 through 66 of the book of the prophet Isaiah are remarkable passages, sections about hope, about rest restoration, about fulfillment, and about promise. And if your reading, Bible reading in Advent allows you, and I hope it does, to do some uh, further examination of a particular topic in the Old Testament, this is remarkable at this time of year. I put up some slides I'd like you to take a look at with me and about comfort. We all know the words, and there are some images that occur to me. Take a look at this one. And I hope that that gives you some ideas about comfort up there. There's another one coming up also that says a little bit about how many of you have a comfort food? Did we, we got macaroni and cheese, chocolate, looks like a meatloaf, and I think french fries. Each of you is probably thinking what your own comfort food happens to be. How about being in your comfort zone? Are you all in your comfort zone? I hope you are here at worship on Sunday mornings. How many of you ever have this discussion in your house about the thermostats? Does it ever happen about finding one? This is the way the thermostats work here at Christ Church during the week. Uh, I'm usually looking for the space heater to keep my office around 72 to 73. Patty, who's got some other things going on, wants it around 68 or somewhere at a different level. But somehow we always end up agreeing, and there is that place, that temperature area that's called comfort zone. For many of us, you know what it happens to be as well. That word is found in today's reading from the 40th chapter of Isaiah. This is what happened. The people who, primarily the people who occupied the city of Jerusalem had been taken captive by the Babylonians. This is all about the 6th century BC. Have been taken captive by the Babylonians. The leaders and a great number of the residents of the city and of the surrounding area, the region of Judah, Judea, have been carried off to Babylon. Now, if you want modern equivalents of that journey, 
It's Baghdad and it's in Iraq. So imagine for a moment that the residents of the city of Jerusalem, now in the state of Israel, are besieged by Middle Eastern peoples from Iraq. A large percentage of the leaders are taken captive and imprisoned in the city of Baghdad in Iraq. And they remain there for about 40 years. They will be released if it happened today in the year 2050. A generation and a half means that there is immense, immense social, political, cultural change. And one of the dreadful things that happened was the loss of institutional memory. After that period of time, some, many, had forgotten what it was like ever to have lived back in Jerusalem. And about that time arises, summoned by God, the prophet Isaiah. He is commissioned, and his commissioning for this part of his ministry is what is found in chapter 40. And this is God's commission to Isaiah. And I'll paraphrase it. You see it there in front of you. But it sounds like this. Isaiah, I want you to go wherever you need to go. And I want you above all else that you say and do to speak words of comfort to my people. And Isaiah, by the way, speak tenderly to the people of Jerusalem and proclaim to them and to the whole city that all of the hard and difficult things that have gone on for the past 40 years are now over. It's done. Tell her that whatever sins existed out there in the past are now paid for. And that she, the city, has received from the hand of Yahweh, from the Lord God, double for all her sins. And what that phrase means, there's not total agreement, but I want to read it with you in this way that the city and the people will receive twice the amount of God's grace now than they would otherwise have received. And Isaiah is commissioned by God to speak and to be the messenger of comfort. The church had come was very near to finalizing its plans for a major renovation effort. It was about a $500,000 project. It included what one would think of, one could think of, as creature comforts. A new HVA system, 
interior painting, new floors, a kitchen of commercial grade, a number of other cosmetic features. The building committee was prepared to draft its final recommendations to the congregation prior to a vote on the big project. And at the meeting, the chairman of the committee arrived and he had a new agenda item which nobody had heard about up to this point. And he said, I'd like to add an item and I think it was, I remember, five to six thousand dollars against a five hundred thousand dollar project which wasn't substantial. But he said this, I want to add an item to put padding on all of the pews. This was an old church built in the 1920s. Old, very, very firm wooden pews and because the church wasn't always heated during the week, very cold when one arrived for early church on Sunday mornings. Now, those of you who've been around the church know that sometimes a small issue, even if it's only $5,000 out of a $500,000 project, can get as much attention as a $200,000 project. And that's what happened with this one. It took on a life of its own. And the question and the, con the conversation and indeed the controversy revolved around this question, should we be comfortable in church? Should we be comfortable in church? And one of the people on the building committee said this, I don't know about you, but I don't come to church to be comfortable. I don't come to church to be comfortable. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. Many of us are able to recall a time in our lives when simply being an American and living in this country felt like it was a lot more comfortable than it is today. I was thinking the other day about the times when it was possible to even to be late to the airport to scramble through the terminal, run to the gate and hop on the plane. Some of you remember that. Without any checking of ID. Some of us remember when to get a uh, a uh, license plate for the car simply meant to send something in, get it done, and there was no DEQ issue. Or TSA. Or whatever it happens to be. And for a whole lot of reasons, we got shifted, we got moved out of our comfort zones. And I'm sure that there is for you, as there is for me, and many of us, that longing for a return to something that feels like a sense of security and well-being that, that we remember or we imagine. And so comfort food we cherish. Things that bring us comfort. And here is the great promise of Isaiah the prophet. 
Isaiah commissioned by God to bring that word. And God said to him, Isaiah, comfort, comfort my people. They simply need a lot of it. I felt like that. And I imagine some of you have too. Not just in the moments of sadness, of anxiety, but that more generalized kind of uneasiness when simply being embraced, simply being offered some chocolate, simply being invited to sit down and share food and conversation and prayer, simply being invited and given hospitality means so very, very much. I understand a little bit more, I think, now about what that carol writer said when he or she included those words, O tidings of comfort and joy, over and over, O tidings of comfort and joy. Some of you have perhaps visited Hopewell House in southwest Portland. I want to say just a word about comfort. Hopewell House is a hospice facility. has about 16 or 18 beds in it. And the incredible staff there of that place knows what comfort means, and they do everything to reassure not just the dying, but those who walk in the door, and they do it with quilts and blankets. And on every bed in that place, in this old converted mansion off, off, just off Terwilliger, there are quilts and blankets on each bed, having been prepared by groups of people, many from churches, intended as meant as comfort for the dying and for their loved ones. As we move into the balance of this Advent season, I hope and pray with you that you hear God's promises spoken to you. But first spoken to Isaiah, whom, to whom God said, Isaiah, you do it. And now we do it. Comfort, comfort ye, my people. Please join me in prayer. Gracious Lord, you comfort us in so many ways. We're not always good at paying attention nor listening, but it's your promise and your presence and your embrace that means so much, especially when we experience it among other people. Lead us through this time. Help us not only to be comforted, but to become the comforters. We pray in your name. Amen.